down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome everyone, this is Karen Schoen. Hope you are having a wonderful turkey for Thanksgiving. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy this holiday season because who knows what's going to happen in 2023. And that's going to be up to us, folks. The indoctrination that we are seeing right now is insurmountable. There are more lies coming in from all over than you can possibly imagine. Now, why would they be doing that? Well, they want to make sure that these leaders, quote, global leaders, are absolutely sure that the populace, regardless of what country, believe in everything they say without questioning anything. And I call that indoctrination. But there are many different methods of indoctrination, and that's what we're going to talk about today. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, and that would be goflca.com. Learn what the alliance is doing to stop some of this indoctrination that we see focused on our schools. Folks, that's where it all begins. It is then picked up by the media and carried through by messaging from Hollywood. I don't think you can watch a show today on TV that is not pointed in some direction focused on climate change or vaccinations or whatever it is that they're trying to get the public to believe. And it is a very, very sad state that we're believing it. So why is this happening? How is this happening? I've asked Kathleen Marquardt, a longtime friend of the show, to come back and talk about the two brilliant articles that she just wrote in News with Views. And if you haven't seen News with Views, folks, you need to do that because these are opinion pieces of people who really understand what's going on and are sharing their opinions with you. And that is so important that we learn the truth. So Kathleen, uh, your article on the Marxist education and on the Overton window uh, was a bucket of cold water because I remember talking about this a long time ago and we thought it went away, but it really didn't, did it? It never goes away. It just goes underground and resurfaces with a new name. So what is this Overton window that you were talking about? Why is it important that we learn about it? And what should we know about it? Well, um, how important is it? I see it. It was invented in 1990. Uh, I forget the name of the guy in some public policy organization. But he basically says that the government, you know, politicians... Look at the Overton window. The Overton window 
put ideas, examples, like the one example they used on their uh, internet page is an example of education policy. And the window is like a measurement, and it starts with no government policy on school attendance down to all students must attend federally controlled schools. And then there's a list of uh, more than a dozen things, and only the middle ones are acceptable. And if you try to go no government policy or no private schooling regulation or no homeschooling regulation or at the other end, homeschooling prohibited or all students must attend federally controlled schools, then you're too far out for the public. So you stay in this window of acceptable ideas. And of course, you realize as you get closer to one edge or the other, it's a little less acceptable, which I think maybe made sense 10, 15 years ago when he designed this window. But I think now it's more, the Overton window is more a tool, another tool in the arsenal of the asymmetrical warfare that we're dealing with. They put in this window. Now you're probably seeing drag queens teaching your kindergartners how to masturbate is fine. So yes, you can support that policy and go, you understand they're putting things that we would never want to accept in. And they're saying, well, these are acceptable. So they're moving what's right, what's acceptable before the public decides they're acceptable. I mean, the public never, ever has decided pedophilia is acceptable, but they put it under other names that sound innocuous, and the people don't bother saying, what does that really mean? So they haven't stood up and objected it to it. We're living in this world of gaslighting and canceling and everything else. And they're just throwing everything at us now because they're reaching the end of achieving their great reset. We're seeing the worst. Well, no, we're not seeing the worst of the worst, but it's the worst we've ever seen so far. But they'll get further before they're done. So from what you're saying, They send out a proposal and make it seem like everybody accepts it so that you feel like you're an outsider if you don't accept it. Well, sort of. You Some people feel it, but other people realize that this is a matter of political correctness. We're not allowed to say we don't accept it anymore. You're not allowed to say that a a boy can't be a girl and a girl can't be a boy and a person's pronoun can be they or it or whatever. We're being pressured to accept it no matter how evil we see it. Ah, that's the key, folks. We're being pressured to accept it. So when you go online and you make a statement like I do often, which says you're crazy, CO2 is necessary for plant life to feed us. So after you get rid of CO2, how do we eat? And then they come back at me telling me how awful I am and how I am uh, anti-humanity because I want to kill the planet and I'm not paying attention to the planet dying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I take a look at that and I go, words, they don't mean anything. You have no facts. And I keep on writing back and saying to them, where are your facts? Where are your facts? Because there aren't any. 
And we all know that we need CO2 in order to survive because without CO2, the plants will not grow and we will not have food. But of course, if we go back to their original objective, which is to depopulate the planet, then all of these pieces fit together. And like I always say, everything is connected. Everything has a plan. All plans are built on lies and Americans are forced to follow the lies. But are we forced? Or is it our brain that is being programmed to accept the lies? And what, from what you're saying, there is actually a mechanism to make us do that, correct? Oh, there are so many mechanisms to make us do, no, to make us accept doing that. And this is, this, you, you hit on the crux. We have to say no. We just have to start saying no, because like you say, uh, take away the CO2 and we die off and, and the food supplies dies off. I don't know what their plan is for themselves. I, it, it truly boggles my mind, but I'm probably not bright enough to figure out that they have hidden cities under the earth or something. And I would call it they're, they're in hell, but <laughs> yes, they are in hell. They should be in hell. But, You're absolutely but right. What they're what they're doing is numerous problems. One is they they took over the schools back in the 20s and 30s, and they have and changed our schools from education to brainwashing and and programming our children. So our children are not taught; they are controlled in the schools. That. Our schools are, some people would say worthless. I say they're far more dangerous than worthless. They're the center of everything right now. They have educated our kids for so long that we, the people out there, most of us, all of the younger ones, most of the younger ones, and I say younger is probably under 40 or maybe close to 50, are all programmed to a certain point, some not as much as others, but nowadays they're being programmed like 90% because they're in the home stretch. We really have to work. You know, that doesn't take very many people to make a change. Some scales say 7%, some say 3%. I'd say we should go for the 7%. I think we probably have 20 or 30% of really sound-minded people out there but 90% of those won't open their mouths and speak out because they're afraid. And they've been made afraid. They've been threatened. They bet, you know, you're going to lose your job, whatever. You know, you either stand up or you're saying, okay, go ahead and trample me, trample my kids. Don't worry that I never have grandkids. It's a hard place we're in now, but that's because people didn't wake up in the 50s when we were starting to be told, not that I was old enough or you were old enough to say anything, but back then they were being told and these people were being silenced back then. They had hearings in Congress that were telling them exactly what's going on. And there were people from the, I think it was a Rockefeller Foundation that said, yes, all our people were from the OSS. And, and our job is to change America into a Soviet country. And this was said in Congress. But obviously, the, the news and the TV and all were never allowed 
to put that out there. So who knew? Because people were already glued to their TVs. So we are responsible now for waking up our country to what is happening. Kathleen, they keep on telling us about this wokeism and uh, we have to be woke. And, but their woke is a lot different from what our woke would be. If I woke up, I would say, oh my gosh, we can't get rid of CO2. We have to keep fossil fuels. That would be being woke because I recognize that if without fossil fuels, we lose our way of life. So am I woke? I don't think so. I don't think that's what they mean. What do they mean by that, Kathleen? You know, political correctness changes all the words. So I never use the word woke. Now I use wake unless I talk about the woke people. The woke people, you know, remember Noah Webster wrote his dictionary to define words because he knows how words can be perverted. And that's exactly what we're seeing today. Well, most of our words are being erased. The less words you have, the the less intelligent you can be, because you need those words to define things. And if you cut out all the words that political correctness would want, we would now just be saying, yes, sir, no, sir, or no, there, no, um, no, they, you know, you can't even speak in their vocabulary, folks. That's another part of the problem is that we are allowing them to use the words without going back and saying, could you explain that to me? How is that happening? Why is that happening? We have forgotten the who, what, where, when, and why questions that never seem to get asked after they make a statement like, you're a racist. Why doesn't somebody say, show me where, show me how, show me what I said? Nobody says that. They just let the words stand. Is that what you're referring to? Well, that, but more to the point is, if you deny you're a racist, then for sure you're a racist. They don't even... They don't just change the words, they twist your word. You're only allowed to think newspeak. And you've read those books. And those books were written by people who knew what was coming. We called it science fiction back there, but there was no fiction in it. That was what they had planned. And and they've taken us along this road because we were always, I'll do my thing, you do your thing, you know. You go, I'll go my way, you go your way. Never thinking, wait a minute, there's something, there's something happening here. I think I woke up especially back in the 80s when they had a mock trial at Columbia University, I think it was. And the mock trial was to defend or uh, be against abortion. Nobody would take the side against abortion in the 1980s. And this is a mock trial. When you go to law school, you're supposed to debate both sides of every issue so that you can start understanding, you know, because lawyers may be, they take on clients that are liars. So you can't just go in and defend them on their lies. So you got to learn, but to not get one person that would debate that issue was sort of, for me, I saw the slippery slope that we were on. And look at what they have done with that today. They have people so riled up that now baby killing, which is what abortion is, so I call them what they are, baby killer Biden, 
baby killer Pelosi. These are the people who want to kill babies. Let's call them what they are. They're so busy calling us racist. Okay, so you want to call me a racist? I'll call you a baby killer. We have to use and go back and use their tactics and their approach if we're ever going to get others to believe in what we're saying, because all we seem to do is be passive and allow them to label us. Wouldn't you think, Kathleen? Yes. Um, all we do is defend ourselves. But on that baby killer issue, you know, in California, I think they've just put a bill in or up to allow baby babies to be aborted at one day after birth. Now, how do you abort after birth, not say that's murder. And and there's others pushing for abortion up to two years old. Tell me, this is one of those words. How do you get abortion to equal killing of a two-year-old? So you have to understand everything is in flux. They want us to be confused about words. They want us to just shut up and go away which we darn well better not do. And people do not understand this is all about moral absolutes. It's about do not kill, do not steal. It's the Ten Commandments are the only moral absolutes in the world, right? And that's what they have to get rid of to deal with us. So people need to understand, just do what is morally correct, not what is what is the word morally relevant? What's morally relevant? Moral relevancy may, basically means the Overton window is thrown out the door and everything is what whatever you think is right is right. I'm, I'm good and so are you, no matter if you're killing people. That's why we're letting all these murderers in over the border and they help reduce the human population. Yeah, which I believe is the goal. We really have to look at every policy, I believe, under the idea of depopulation. What are they doing to depopulate the planet? It's real easy to figure it out. Because if you take away fossil fuel, let's do simple things. If you take away fossil fuel, especially in the winter, people will die. They will freeze to death. And I believe more people freeze than cook in the summer. So that's one thing that depopulates. If you take away CO2, then we have nothing to eat. And therefore, there will be starvation and populations will shrink due to starvation. No food, no people. As uh, Stalin said, no people, no problems. That's what they're striving for. So as they're telling us that we have to depopulate the planet because there isn't enough food, what are they doing? They're creating a situation where there will not be enough food. And this is what we're facing with these woke lies that we see happening all around us. If we would listen to or have listened to how many people have died, more people have died from the vaccine than have died from COVID. Why did that happen? Because COVID wasn't put in place to make Americans sick. It was put in place so that they would have a vaccine that nobody knows what's in it. But yet more people are dying 
who have taken the vaccine. So that fits along with, oh, I remember John Holdren, who was the science czar under Obama. What did he say? He felt that we should be putting some type of uh, sterilization feature into the vaccines. And then when the people want to have children, they should have to go to their local government and get a license to have a child because that child belongs to the state. This is their way of thinking. And all of this to me is designed to crush the family because that's the strongest unit that we have. What do you think about that, Kathleen? Oh, absolutely. And and what he said was that they should have to go to the government to get a permit. Hello, yeah. they're putting it in there, and, and they're not saying you can get this turned around. It's being done. I mean, that and that brings us back to what you started, we started with earlier, is, is the children, what they're doing with promoting pushing children to have sex change operations is the fact that only girls, only females can birth babies, no matter whether you get your penis cut off and have a fake uterus, you're never going to be able to carry a baby. And boy, that sure will help reduce the population. Even if we only got 20% of all the people to change their sex in their head and on their poor bodies that are being mutilated for that. But it's all, yes, to reduce the human population. And one of the things that we haven't touched on that I think is really important is they keep saying there are too many people for this world to support but with food that we that everybody's going to be starving if we don't get rid of some people. I don't know if you remember when we had the Green Revolution, I think it was called, and America was basically the world's food basket. We produce food, small area of farmers would have produced food to feed the world. And we were feeding the starving in Africa and everywhere else. And then first they patented the seeds so you can't you, you can't use them unless you pay for extra amount the farmers can't use them and then say pay for an extra amount and they make the seeds so they don't reproduce a second or third or fourth year so it's a one-time thing if you start looking at all the little things they've done in there you just realize how much they have been destroying our world, perverting it, saying we can't use fertilizer and saying people have to eat bugs. Our immune systems could never survive on eating bugs. And oh, gee, that's a surprise, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I keep on thinking of instead of meatballs and spaghetti, we're going to have beetles and spaghetti. Oh, yes. All of those where people had to eat bugs and things. Um, I don't have TV, thank goodness. But, you know, even for $1,000, you're not going to get me to eat. No, but what they do say is that everybody has a price. And that's what we have to self-determine. What is our price? Are we willing to give up our families? Are we willing to give up our country? Are we willing to give up our person? Are we willing to give up our children? Because that's what all of this comes down to or comes up to. They want us 
to be their slaves, period. So while they fly around in their jets spewing carbon dioxide and all kinds of horrible emissions, that mean absolutely nothing, folks. Does not mean anything. A gas that is 0.03% of the atmosphere does not have any effect on global warming. They don't care. And they will lie and lie and lie. And I wanted you to listen to what one of the liars said, because this is what these people think. And if we don't go back and read what they say and learn what they are thinking, shame on us. No matter what the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. This was Christine Stewart. She was the former Canadian Minister of the Environment and worked on Agenda 21. It is phony. They know it. And yet they have pushed us through this Overton window, as Kathleen described, so that we would be forced to believe that everybody believes that carbon dioxide is going to kill us. Well, if you do nothing else and just breathe carbon dioxide in your mask, then what happens? It will kill you because carbon dioxide by itself only without its mixture can kill, but anything can. And this is our problem. We are believing these people and we have given them too much rain to allow them to cancel us if we disbelieve when canceling us is probably done, as Elon Musk said, by a couple of bots that just make a lot of noise. Kathleen, what can our listeners do to stop this and to understand it so that they can tackle it? Boy, you hit the right words. They need to understand it. And and they don't need to understand it to the depth that you and I do, but they do need to understand that what is going on is to destroy them unless they're one of those globalists, one of those multi-billionaires, they are a target. You're either going to be a useful idiot or you're going to be dead or a slave. Um, they, but people stand up. You know, they, they show people who stand up getting arrested and everything else. Well, there's so many of us compared to them. If we start standing up en masse, it'll be easy. But even if you have to do it just on your own, like Karen and I have done for decades, I know I've been in this for decades, and stand up and, and just say, no, there's, this is wrong. And if you point out the wrong, people go, people always say to me, oh, gosh, I... I felt that in my heart, but until you put it into words, I never understood it. Well, if you start reading about this, watching videos, listening to podcasts, you're soon going to find out what it is. And just stand up. All You don't have to go out there and attack people or anything else. You just have to stand up and say no, and you have to run for public office and be have integrity and just show the world that we, we're not, we haven't all been dumbed down yet. We're ready to fight. 
Absolutely. Kathleen, please tell everyone where they can find you and your incredible writing. Um, and we will have to have you back because you are a wealth of information and that's the way we share and we get the word spread. So please tell everyone where they can find you. Okay. I'm vice president of American Policy Center and the my address is contact at AmericanPolicy.org because I answer all the emails. Um, <laughs> and I'm on News with Views and a lot of other places. I usually put my, my personal email on those and I'm available. So just get in touch. Absolutely, folks. If you have any questions that Kathleen can answer, please get in touch with her. This is so important. The only way that we're going to stop this cycle of lies is to tell the truth. And we're not going to be able to do it just by spewing facts and showing charts. We have to use examples the way they do. We have to use pictures the way they do. We have to use different devices so that our concept of what we are trying to get through has an emotional flavor to it. These people have been trained only on emotion. Once you are involved in just emotional learning, facts go out the window because your goal and objective is to make you feel good. And if you don't feel good, then you shut down. Those that spew feeling good, doesn't matter whether they lie, tell the truth, doesn't make any difference. The goal and objective is to make the person first know how they're suffering and then make them feel good. And when I used to teach sales and marketing, that's what we used to say, show them the pain, show them the gain. Well, we've got to go back to using those tactics because if we don't, they will win because emotion will over always override fact. Facts are boring. Emotion gets you riled up, and that's what they are striving for. Folks, you've been listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. The Alliance has new programs that we are working on to get our kids out of those government indoctrination clinics. Thank you all for listening and do not go away. We will be right back. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at CofixRx.com. 
As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back, folks. This is Karen Schoen. You'll be listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. I hope that you learned a lot from the last session on some of the techniques that are being used against us. Folks, indoctrination is widespread. And right now we're going to be talking to my favorite expert, who is Sterling Burnett. From, I borrowed him from the Heartland Institute because he wrote a phenomenal article on exactly how this is filtered through the climate. And indoctrination is the name of the game. Sterling, thank you so much for joining me today. It is always wonderful to have you on. I learned so much, and I learned so much from your last article. So can you share that with everyone and tell everybody exactly what you mean? Because some of us know the science fact around climate, and some of us have no clue. Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me on. I want to wish you and your uh, your listeners I guess it'll be a little bit tardy by the time they hear this, but a, a blessed Thanksgiving. The article I wrote uh, was looking at a piece that was actually ran in the Colorado Springs Gazette. So a, a newspaper, uh, uh, you know, a, a local paper, but still a, 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 a mainstream media outlet covered the fact that uh, a letter in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences Peer Review Journal was warning people about climate, what they call climate catastrophism, climate change catastrophism. And it's and 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 as described that they didn't describe it, but I described it as sort of the Chinese water torture of climate alarmism, where it's a drip, drip, drip every day, a new disaster every day, a new story. We are in a climate crisis, and how do you know that? Because every day, mainstream media outlets—I like to call them lamestream media outlets—force feed people these alarming climate stories that ninety. 5% of the time, I'd say, are just outright false. There's a problem they identify. Don't get me wrong. Often they identify a problem, but then they blame it on climate change when climate change data shows has almost nothing whatsoever to do with the problem. The catastrophism is it's always the chicken little type. The world is coming to an end. The sky is falling. And if we don't do something drastic now, you're condemning yourselves and your children and grandchildren to no future. And, you know, this was this was the message out of COP27, the, the 27th climate conference that was held in, uh, in Egypt over the past two weeks. Uh, you know, if we don't hit net zero by 2050, uh, we're all going to uh, roast and drown and swept away in the hurricanes. And, you know, it's, it's everything bad 
that 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 the, the Bible predicted that for end times, you know, revelations, it's all caused by climate change now. The danger is uh, that, that that's what this letter and this story was warning about. Is like you're wrecking the economy for no good reason because the catastrophe doesn't exist. It's not that climate change can't cause some problems, but it's not causing the end of the world or anything like it. In the meantime, not only are you wrecking the economy, but you're damaging people's mental health, especially the youth, because you, the, the, the young people believe this stuff more than any other. And of course, that's where indoctrination works best, right? You, you get the kids in the school, you teach them from the ground up. I say teach, that's not fair. You indoctrinate them, you, you fill them with propaganda day after day after day. And they come home and, they're tell, and they, tell, they tell their parents, they accuse their parents, why are you killing the earth? And it's created a whole new category of psychological illness and discipline, which is eco-psychiatry, because you've got this whole generation of ch children, about 40%, claim that they, uh, they're considering not having children because they don't think the world will be around, that, that you know, they don't want to leave them this terrible world that we're leaving them in. All the while, they you know, play on their cell phones and, and do Google searches and charge them daily and get on their Kindles and and listen to their air uh, their AirPods and you know basically all all the while they're using electricity and, and power by fossil fuels they're complaining about the use of power and fossil fuels exactly and I remember um, when Al Gore came out with with his uh, documentary that really used a lot of visuals but they were all lies. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that someone just sent me said that. In the 19, what was it, 70s, when Al Gore was screaming that everything was going to melt and the polar bears were going to uh, not have a place to live, and he showed all these horrible pictures, there were 130 glaciers. Well, guess how many glaciers there are today? There's 130 glaciers. So how does climate change work if it's to work and show us that the glaciers are melting and that the seas are going to rise, et cetera, et cetera, all these lies. But the scariest yeah. part, Sterling, you hit on it, was the indoctrination of the children where they actually are forced to believe and learn that CO2 is a gas that's going to kill us when we need it desperately to create our food. Schools are supposed to, to equip young people to manage themselves and to be good citizens in the world when they become adults. And that requires critical thinking because that, because that's what it takes to respond to problems as they arise and to make progress. So it requires teaching them how to think, not what to think. And that's just the opposite of what they're doing in schools today. I mean, you know, Al Gore is a perfect example of, of, of the docuganda, right? He wins an Academy Award for his docuganda and an inconvenient truth. And so what are some of the lies he told? Oh, well, CO2 drives climate change. And he shows this beautiful chart where he, he's up with a pointer. And it's like, oh my gosh, that looks really dangerous. Until you break it down, you look at it, and it turns out CO2 rise always consistently follows by 200 to 3,000 years warming temperatures. <laughs> so, so cause and effect is backwards. He shows the polar bear, an isolated polar bear on a, an ice flow. And he says, oh, polar bears are going to disappear. And then it turns out that polar bears are at record numbers now, that we've never seen so many polar bears, that they've risen from 5,000 to, to 30,000 since the 1960s. He says, oh, the glaciers of Kilimanjaro are going to disappear. And yet <laughs> Kilimanjaro still, you know, you can take pictures of them today, folks. They're still there. 
He says, I grew up in Tennessee and I know things have changed. It's, it's, it's just not the same as it was when I was a kid. And so I looked at the temperature data and it turns out, yeah, he, he's right. Tennessee's about a degree cooler than it was when he was a kid. If they're not exposed to those facts, the youths, if, if they're shown his film in their classrooms, if teachers are teaching catastrophism and alarmism, then, you know, it's no wonder that they come out ill-equipped to deal with reality. And isn't that sad? Folks, we are dealing with a group of people that have been indoctrinated into believing that their emotion is more important than factual information. So they never start out with a true fact theory. They're always driven by emotion. So one of the things that we are never is we're never visual with them. We go and we throw facts at them, and they're so filled up with emotional hatred that you're killing the planet and you're going to make all the polar bears disappear, that even Sterling saying the polar bears have increased won't won't register. So one of the things that I did, which goes exactly with what Sterling did, is they are taught that carbon dioxide is a result of global warming, and that's going to destroy the planet. Well, folks, carbon dioxide is not, it is a result of warming. If it is a result of warming, it can't cause warming. It doesn't work that way. And how can you prove that to your kids? Take a glass of soda, take it out of the fridge, pour it in, pour soda into a glass and ask your kids, what are those bubbles that are in the soda? Well, they won't know, but you'll be able to tell them it's carbon dioxide. And then what happens to the soda and the carbon dioxide if you leave the soda on the counter and let it warm. Well, as the soda gets warm until eventually it is hot, it becomes flat, which means all of the carbon dioxide has disappeared out of the soda. Well, how did that happen? The warming caused the release of carbon dioxide. So it is a reverse of exactly what they're saying. Why? Because they want to scare you. And what, what is the ramification of the loss of carbon dioxide in our food supply, Sterling? Do you think there's any? Yeah, it's, it's called starvation. It's called malnutrition, hunger, starvation, and death. Because all the plants need carbon dioxide to grow. There's a reason why they vent carbon dioxide into greenhouses, because it causes plants to grow better. All the plants that we have today evolved at a time. Uh, all of our foodstuffs, all of our trees, you know, the, the people like to plant trees, people like flowers, all these things. They require carbon dioxide to grow and they grow better the higher the carbon dioxide is. They they were they evolved at a time when carbon dioxide levels were higher. They were almost starving in the middle of the last ice age. We were it's becoming dangerously close to where they couldn't photosynthesize. And, you know, I think that your experiment is really telling what I have talked about doing with youth. Who, are, who express concern to me about um, climate change caused by carbon dioxide is uh, if they're with me in a car and we're going to McDonald's, I'll say, no, you can't have that soda because I'm going to have you, you know, as long as you're around me, you're going to act consistent with your beliefs. I'm not going to allow you to be a hypocrite. That's, that's bad for you. Uh, I won't allow it. So no soda for you in my presence because um, 
you're contributing to climate change, according to your theory. Try and hold your breath as much as possible because I don't want you venting carbon dioxide. I'm going to take away your cell phone because charging it in, you know, increases carbon dioxide. You start doing that a few times and they start getting the picture. Hold it. I think everything I care about is causing climate change and I'm going to have to give it up. I have a feeling they're going to be a lot less concerned about climate change. Yeah, I think that that's what we actually need to do. We need to be taking, we need to be playing takeaway with them and start taking away the things that the fossil fuels create. And we need fossil fuels in order to create. I think we should be playing takeaway with our children. And this way they will learn that everything they use, especially anything that comes from a plastic derivative, uh, is going to be necessary for fossil fuels. So in reality, how do they even make those electric cars? Because you need fossil fuel to make the body. You need fossil fuel to make the components. How does that Fossil fuels to mine the materials. But, you know, but see, electric cars may not affect them that much. But let's talk about clothing. I don't know any kids that don't want to wear clothes, but I can't think of a single item of clothing that does not rely on fossil fuels for the production. So if you have cotton, cotton growing takes a lot of fossil fuels. If you have uh, any synthetic fibers, well, they are derived from fossil fuels directly. Uh, You know, silkworms. I I suppose the silkworm actually produces the silk, but you've got to make it into usable silk. That requires fossil fuels. Ask them, do you want to go around naked? Because everything you're wearing, we don't live in an age where we go out and pick cotton by hand, plant cotton by hand, and then put it in looms run by hand. Uh, It's all done with fossil fuels. Do you want to live without clothing? Because that's what it would take. Don't use that stainless steel fork because that was made using coking coal to turn iron into steel. Uh, You're going to have to start eating with your hands. No, no ceramic plates because that was almost certainly finished with heat from from fossil fuels. There really isn't anything that we touch in our society that doesn't somehow wind up on the fossil fuel necessary lap. Uh, I can't. As you're talking, I'm thinking of tons of other things in. What would we do without it? And who are these people? Now, you mentioned the COP27 and the G20. Who are these people that can go around and tell us these lies and expect us to swallow it when all their lies are going to produce is going to be our own demise? What is this G20? What does that mean, Sterling? Well, the G20 is the, you know, the wealthy developed nations or developing nation. China's part of it, even though it considers itself developing. It's, you know, the second largest economy on earth. It's the elites. Look, the elites, there, there was an old movie, uh, a Roger Corman film called uh, Mask of the Red Death. It was, uh, you know, loosely based on two Edgar Allan Poe stories. But the, the, the premise of it, in short, was this wealthy prince, uh, this evil prince, had his people, his friends partying behind walls while everyone outside of his walls were dying from a disease, the Red Death. How food would continue to magically appear, I don't know for the elites uh, inside the walls, but but that's who they are. It's like, these are people, a lot of them who made a lot of money off fossil fuels, who now say, we got to get rid of these things. It's they've got theirs and they don't care if you have yours. You have to wear a hair shirt while they go around in silk suits. They get to fly private jets. You can't fly at all. You're going to have to make take mass transit. 
And that means not visiting your relatives on uh, Thanksgiving, for instance, or Christmas, because guess what? I don't know a light rail that runs to my sister's or my mother's house or anywhere near my, my sister's or my mother's house. You know, if you've got relatives that live in the country, you just have to stop visiting them unless you got a buckboard and a horse. And then, you know, well, how are we going to feed that? So the point is, these are people who are disconnected from reality because they are so wealthy. Don't, they don't understand how most people survive day to day. And they're not concerned about it that much. That's so long the- as they still have their, their lobster that appears magically on their plate. They've never gone out and caught lobster in a trap. So long as they can have filet mignon. And then, you know, every so often on a weekend, they'll go out and go, oh, I ate a bug this weekend. It was so, I'm so good because I'm eating bugs. Yeah. You did it one time at a boutique restaurant and that doesn't make you, you know, uh, better than the rest of us because the rest of the time you're eating at four and five star restaurants, you know, at a fancy four and five star hotel that was run on electricity in, uh, in Egypt at this conference, you know, they flew in 20,000, 20,000 people flew in there. They could, they could hold these whole conferences. If they're so concerned about climate change, they could hold the whole conference virtually via zoom or live stream or any of the other huge streaming services that we all went to during the COVID lockdown. Not them. No, no, no. We got to Send 20,000 people to show up with a lot of private jets, a lot of jet fuel burned, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, food shipped in, a lot of hotels burn electricity, got all that, had all those cameras running, the, the TV news for your events. And they could have done it all virtually, but that's not how they do these things. Because, because living as they preach, living as they say we should, is not them. No, they don't want to give up any of their goodies. They don't want to give up any of their luxuries. They just want to make sure that you're not competition, so you can't have any. It's caviar for them and and insects for the hoi polloi. Right. So instead of having uh, sausage, peppers, and spaghetti, you're going to have beetles and uh, peppers and spaghetti. If you're allowed to have peppers, you may not even have that because you you can't grow food. You, know, you might you might have peppers uh, that, that they're not very intensive, but boy, you I, I doubt you could have spaghetti because not only do you have to grow wheat, but then you have to process it. Oh goodness, yes, yeah, absolutely right, folks. This is so important, especially now. Yesterday, Sterling, I heard that in this meeting, the G um, COP twenty seven and the G twenty no the G twenty seven and the no, I don't it's the CO, COP twenty seven <laughs> and the G twenty. Okay, at the meeting, they decided that we should be paying climate reparations. Yep. How does that work? Yep, Lawson. Well, it, see, that's an interesting question. They came out of there. There were two things that came out. The alarmists were very upset because there was nothing on the table that gets rid of fossil fuels by 2050. That didn't happen. There's no agreement. But they did come out with an, an agreement to do loss and compensation for developing countries. Now, that was, oh, that praised, ooh, for the first time ever, everyone's agreed that we're going to pay loss and compensation. Well, yes, and no. The yes is we've agreed to do something. We've agreed to agree to do something. But what? Is there a funding mechanism? Well, no, we didn't do that. That's every country's got to go back and make decide that for themselves. Did we agree to a deadline? Well, no. Have we got a final figure? No. How are we going to contribute? It's not in there. The agreement basically is we came out and we said we agreed to something. We're going to help these people. But none not a single one of the details exists. 
And in fact, it doesn't even say when they would come back and give the details. So it's not just that they didn't work out the details. It's, it's that they didn't even say when they, you know, they didn't set a deadline for when the details should be established. So, you know, when these people are going to get paid and who's going to end up paying them is completely undetermined at this stage. And how, you know, look, Biden has agreed to this, but initially he said, but China's got to do it too. Well, okay, we're waiting on China. Uh, <laughs> if you're waiting on China. That chance uh, on that one. And you're waiting on India and Russia, then it ain't happening. But let's say uh, we didn't wait on China. So how is he going to get this huge multi-trillion dollar funding? It was estimated that we'd have to send $8 trillion, $8 trillion to developing countries every year. Where is that funding coming from? I want to see him go to Congress and say, you got to pony up about $300 billion to send to you know, corrupt governments in foreign countries. I want to see that. The sad part is that even if this money was paid, do you actually think that it's going to go to help the people? That's not the way it works in developing countries, folks. No, it's, it's the greatest wealth transfer scheme from the poor and middle class and rich countries to the wealthy elites in poor countries ever devised. Folks, these people are criminals. They are evil. And I go back again and again to their main goal, which is depopulation. Rather than teaching the people how to live with the variety of climate change that we are going to see, because believe it or not, the climate changes. Isn't that amazing? And we have no control over when a hurricane is going to be created and what direction it's going to go in. Nobody's telling a hurricane what to do. Nobody's telling a tornado what direction to go in. And you can't blame these things on a single issue when climate is multifaceted. There are so many things that go into uh, the climate, go into a weather event that we're not even aware of. And it has really very little to do with man. Otherwise, I could see um, oh, Governor DeSantis standing in front of, uh, standing out by the ocean saying, no, don't come to Florida. That's not going to happen. Do you honestly think that there's anything out there that is going to make an event go away if they wanted it? It's an impossibility. What do we do, Sterling? How can we help? How can we get this education out that what's going on right now is so incredibly evil, just pushing Americans in the wrong, absolute wrong direction and using our kids to do it? Well, it's a good question that we've been tackling at Heartland for a long time. You know, sometimes I think we make headway, but all we can do is do our education efforts. Look, you have to explain to kids. You have to give them simplified charts. You have to equip them with facts. And you have to, if, if you've got children, you have to tell them, yes, they have to behave in school. Yes, they have to be polite, but they don't have to agree with everything their teacher says. And if their teacher tells them something that is factually incorrect and they know it's factually incorrect, call them on it and say, here's the evidence. And if the teacher then objects, we uh, that's time to call the parent-teacher meeting. You have to become active in your children's lives. You have to find out what they're being indoctrinated in school. Don't be a passive 
parent. That is most important. Don't be a passive parent. Don't allow the school to say something just because it's the school. We have already learned that they're lying to our kids. They're indoctrinating our kids. They're telling our kids all kinds of things that make them turn against their own family. You have to be visual with them. You have to be emotional with them as they will be with you. But you have to have the upper hand. So even if you are showing them emotionally, you have to remain consistently calm. That's the key. Never get involved in one of their emotional tirades because this is what they learned in school. So we have to break that. And we have to understand that Everything that they're learning in school is based on lies. And how do you, I won't say it. Yeah, but it's probably not true that everything they're learning in school is based on lies. Well, I took a lot. A lot. (laughs) Mostly. A lot. Depends on the class. Maths are probably truths. Even a lot of the science, you know, you're taking physics or biology or chemistry, probably a lot of truth in there. Literature has always been about literature. But when you get your social studies programs and your political programs there, you have to really, really be careful. And sometimes in the science courses, but I would say one thing to do, and this is important, you can't battle lies with nothing. You have to have the facts on your side. You have to have them lined up when you talk to your kids about this stuff. And I'm going to, you know, tout the Heartland Institute's horn a bit here. If you want to know about climate change, go to the Heartland. Read our climate change weekly, which is three put out three times a month. Read Climate Realism, which is a daily publication which exposes lies on a daily basis from the mainstream media. Go to Climate at a Glance. Climate at a Glance, we, we have a booklet for teachers and students that, that goes issue by issue, weather event by weather event, topic by topic, explaining what the data and the facts show and be able to show this to your kids. Print it off or purchase it and show it to your kids. Go to the non-governmental international panel on climate change and look at their reports. Now, no kid is going to read these reports because they're huge. You're probably not going to read this report as a parent because they're huge. But if your kid raises a question that can be answered in there, you can go to the chapters and find out what the answer is. Because you, you, you got to have the facts before you call out the lies. Exactly. And folks... The Heartland Institute is a wonderful resource. And Sterling, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Uh, This is so important. We have to understand the indoctrination that's going on in our schools, and we have to be prepared to show our kids the truth. That's what this is all about. You've been listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, who are dedicated to bringing a quality education. And often it's by taking your kids out of the school. But that's another topic for another time. Folks, have a wonderful week, and I will see you again next week. But our-